Welcome back to Creativity Calls, the podcast where I call up artists from quarantine to talk about their creative process and if their art has been impacted in isolation. Are you a writer, artist, or creator? In other words, have you ever tried to make something? What goes into actually crafting a piece of art from beginning to end? Where do you find inspiration? If you're a writer like me, Maybe you sit down at your desk, get your paper and writing tools, look out the window, and wait. But what exactly are we waiting for? What is that magical thing that happens between a blank page and words on the paper? Can we define inspiration? Can we recreate it or develop methods to tap into it when we want to? These are the questions that we will be exploring in this episode with poet and writer Alison Braid. She graduated with a BFA in creative writing at the University of British Columbia and is currently pursuing an MFA at Vermont College of Fine Arts. Her poetry chapbook, titled Little Hunches, was published by Anstruther Press in spring 2020. I'm really looking forward to talking to her about her writing process and catching up. Allison. Hey, Mormon. It's so good to hear your voice. I know. I think it's been like a couple years, so it's, yeah, it's so nice to hear from you. I know. I think we've been mostly writing letters for four years. I'm trying to think back, and I think the last time I saw you was um, right before you went to Prague. How have you been? How how are you? Pretty busy, actually. Um, yeah, with and working at the bookstore. It's been a busy past few months. I guess the beginning of the pandemic was was pretty quiet because I only had school, but mm-hmm. once I started at the bookstore, it really <laughs> ramped up quite a bit. Oh, wow. What bookstore are you working at? Oh, I'm working at Kids Books, um, the one on Broadway. Oh, I love that store. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really fun. I'm reading so many children's books which is quite cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, how long have you been living in Vancouver now? We moved down in March, like right when everything was was shutting down. Oh my gosh, that must have been a hectic time to move. (laughs) I know, it was quite strange. Yeah, and Owen, my partner, has never um, lived here before, so it was quite a strange introduction to the city for sure yeah where you can only stay in your apartment yeah exactly so I'm wondering about your time in Prague and and how that kind of shaped your your writing or or your creative process yeah I think in some ways living somewhere else it almost felt like I don't know the way I feel like as a poet sometimes when you're on the outside of something looking in because I never 
I never learned Czech other than taking some introductory courses. So yeah. I, yeah, it wasn't fully part of the, the culture at any point. Um, and I think when it came to writing, being somewhere new meant that I noticed all of these other things with different customs and traditions and then those things kind of seeped into my my writing yeah that's probably the biggest change but what did you find actually when you were in Japan how did that change your process I I totally agree with that like I I did feel like an outsider because I too like I didn't know a lot of Japanese like I, I took a few courses but it was a pretty like just getting by <laughs> with the language. Yeah. Um, so that totally changes your impression of of kind of your of your outside world and it can be isolating, but I think when you're a poet, it is sort of like an isolating experience writing as well. So yeah, yeah me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So I guess, like, maybe it helped it, but, um, yeah, I do remember feeling pretty lonely, like, in the first few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I know. Life of an expat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah, loneliness can also fuel um, good writing, so it was, yeah, it was okay. Um, did you find that as well? I did. I, yeah, I did a lot of writing when I was in Prague, um... I think I wrote a lot about home, and maybe that was part of feeling lonely, uh-huh. but I thought a lot about familiar places. Um, so a lot of my poems and stories were set back in the Okanagan, and I never <laughs> found it easy to write about the Okanagan until I was away from it. Um, oh, that's so but interesting. But strangely, now that I'm here, I don't, I don't find it very easy to write about Prague for some reason. I don't huh. know if I need more, <laughs> even more distance. <laughs> yeah. Um, when did you come back from Prague? Was that just last year? Um, yes, it must. Oh, I guess maybe a year and a half ago, I think. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. then you went back to the Okanagan, and then um, uh, COVID happened. <laughs> um, yes. Did that affect your your writing process? Like, did it help it, or did it hinder your work, do you think? Well, I think because I've been in school the whole time, I have all of these writing deadlines. Oh, and that's right. It's been really helpful, <laughs> just having that kind of structure. Um, so I submit work every month. Um, so COVID, I think the biggest thing, which is something I talked to my advisor about last month, we were talking about where you sort of, different sources you can look for when you're feeling like you're running out of, I don't know, your natural creativity. Yeah. Um, and I think the pandemic has, has done that a little bit because we're not living our lives the way we would normally live them. So mm-hmm. my advice, advice was just to disrupt my routine as much as I could. So he was going... I think rollerblading for the first time in 30 years. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there aren't, there aren't some of the disruptions that you could normally make, you know, if we didn't have restrictions or lockdown, but yeah, little things have been helpful. Like we went to the Lodal Conservatory and saw some um, exotic birds, <laughs> <laughs> which was really beautiful. So 
Yeah. Yeah, that's so true, especially, yeah. yeah, like, you can't really go out as much or, or see people, which, um, yeah, I find that to be the most difficult thing, like, I can't just, like, it's not so easy to just, like, go go for lunch with someone, um, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly, and everything's planned, there's not much unpredictability, or you can't be too spontaneous, I feel like it's so much safer to plan ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I wanted to talk about your chapbook, Little Hunches, uh, and I'm, I, I really, really loved the collection, and um, I'm curious to hear kind of how that came together and what that process was like. Yeah, thank you. Um, a lot of the poems, you might have recognized a few of them because they would have been ones that I worked at, um, mm-hmm. worked on at UBC. And then quite a few of the other poems were ones that I wrote while I was in Prague. Yeah. And I got to a point where I had I had quite a few poems um, that I felt were pretty finished, and some of them had been published and some of them hadn't. Yeah. And I was starting um, school at VCFA, and I just knew that when I started school, I wanted to work on a totally new project and start writing differently from yeah. how I've kind of gotten used to. And so I, yeah, I just sent it, sent my manuscript off to um, one publisher in Toronto because I just thought it would be nice to have something completed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, some nice finished work. Um, and they wanted to, wanted to take it. So I met with the editor when I was in Toronto and it's a really wonderful little press. Um, Jim Johnston and his his partner make all of the books, and she designs oh, wow. the covers for them. Yeah, um, and I had a launch actually in Toronto. I decided to go out because I have a lot of family there. Oh, that's excellent! Yeah, yeah, it was really fun, but it was the it was right at the beginning. Um, the very, very beginning of COVID. So I oh. think it was the second to last event that the bookstore did, and there were not very many people going out oh. when it happened. So it was oh, no. Funny, but yeah. At least, yeah, at least you were able to squeeze it in before, like, total lockdown happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very lucky. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love that. I love how you kind of approached it as, like, um, the ending or beginning of, like, a, a chapter of your writing style. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. It, it's really nice to have it all, like, in a collection. And, and when I read it, I felt like they were all part of, like, a same um, narrative almost. So I, I totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice because I feel like so many artists, it's hard to ever feel like something's finished. So <laughs> sometimes you do just need to let go of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And something I noticed in your in your poems in, in, in this collection was 
not only a sense of place, but also like um, the characters that emerged in all of the poems that sort of exist in the background. Was that intentional or did that happen just sort of unexpectedly as you were writing it? I think it probably just happened mostly organically mm-hmm. through just the sort of people or figures I was thinking about yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I, it wasn't a conscious decision, but it just was a pattern that, that started totally. popping up. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting about about your work. I always get this sense of, um, like, we're getting little vignettes of a, of a larger story, which is really lovely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what are you working on right now? So you said that you were, like, trying to change your, your style or, or approach. Yeah, I, so right now I'm working in fiction. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been writing short stories. I think the biggest change has actually been more of a, a change in craft or process. Mm-hmm. I, when I was in Prague, I was working on some stories, and I, I felt like I was, I felt like I was rewriting them, but I don't think I was really revising in the way that, you know, all of our professors were always telling us yeah. we had to revise our work. I was just taking the same story and trying to change small parts of it and thinking that that, that would fix whatever oh, was, yeah. wasn't working. And I think I've started to realize that sometimes the whole story needs to go. Um, and just trying not to become so attached to one, you know, the first narrative that, yeah. that comes up for me. But I've also been doing just so much reading. Like, I loved um, Robert Owen Butler talks about writing from your unconscious. Huh. And that's been so helpful for me because he talks about how when you're just writing from your conscious mind, the story can only go in one direction. You're not in that sort of dream state where there's Mm -hmm. so many possibilities. Um, So, yeah, I've been trying, trying to, I tend to write just the first paragraph over and over and over until I've figured out the voice um, of the character. And once that's sort of cemented, then I can, then the story just, just goes. But if I try to write too far ahead of myself, I get, I get stuck. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Like, I would find that so hard, letting go of a story, like, entirely and, and, and approaching it differently. Um, you get so attached to your writing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's quite heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, so you studied, um, we studied together at UBC in creative writing, and then now you're doing your MFA. So how have those learning environments, like, shaped your approach, or, like, how do they compare? Like, do you feel you're learning kind of, like, differently in, in an MFA, or is it more focused? I think the, the approach of the specific school that I'm at is... Mm-hmm quite a bit different. I know not all MFAs are structured this way. Like the UBC MFA would be a lot more like our undergrad where we had a lot of different workshops. Yeah. Um, but mine, 
I only work with one advisor, um, and it's low residency, so oh. I'm just sending work to one one person. And we do have ten day residencies um, every six months where we have some workshops and and we do interact more with the other um, students at the mm-hmm. school. But it's I guess it's a much more individual approach, and I think there's a real focus on craft, which I mm-hmm. didn't, I think it depended on your professor at UBC, but I didn't always yeah. feel like I understood <laughs> craft. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a lot of that, you just had to do your own sort of research. Yes, on. yeah. Um, so one of the things that I really appreciate now is that we have to write these um, these craft papers every month, and they're the most challenging part for me, but it is really helpful to have to take apart a story just looking Mm -hmm. at one thing, like looking at humor or I've been looking at interiority a lot lately Um, and just understanding sort of exactly how or what tools the author used to bring about whatever effect um, it had. So, yeah, I think that's been the main main difference. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as much like I'm writing in a vacuum because I have so many mm-hmm. outside sources. Yeah, that's really good. Like the specificity of that um, must be really helpful. Like I, I find myself like I'll read a story, but not really quite understand why it was good. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. yeah, unpacking that is is so helpful. Sometimes you, sometimes those stories are just you don't know how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> Other times you can pinpoint a few things that yeah things they employed. Yeah, definitely. I I was thinking recently, like I was trying to figure out what type of book I enjoy reading the most, and um, mm. I I recently read A Little Life, which I know you oh, read as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that book is just amazing to me, and I couldn't figure out like why it was so impactful, but. But then I realized, like, I almost felt like the author was, like, confiding in me or, or like, she was being, like, a confidant and telling me, uh, like, every detail of these people's lives. And that's just so engrossing um, and so impressive. I mean, that book was so long. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, yeah. I shed so many tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know if you find that, like, you like books like that as well, where it's almost like you're reading, not, like, gossip, but secrets or something. Like, you're the only one that gets to know these things. Yeah, I think maybe that's something I've been thinking about with interiority. I've really, I feel really drawn to writers where you get this huge insight into their interior lives, and I think that's something that you get in a little life. Like, you know... Mm -hmm you know those characters so well. Yes, Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, those secrets are those sort of terrible thoughts that people have. You only get those through that kind of interiority. Yes, that's a a good phrase for it, yeah. That book also has that crazy, um, not twist, but like the, the... The chapters with sort of the letter. Um, yeah, yeah, the, which you don't really fully understand until later, like who's telling the story. Yeah. Um, I know, she does that so 
I know. <laughs> yeah, it's just so impressive. But I'm I'm curious also, so you're working in fiction now. Was that like a purposeful shift? Like, were you wanting to get away from poetry or, or did that kind of just happen? Um, I actually am doing, I'm doing a double major. So I had my first semester in poetry. Oh, okay. And yeah, so I'll be, I'll be juggling both of them. I did decide to have fiction as my primary subject, so I'll spend more time in it. Um, but I still have another, I have a second semester of poetry to do, yeah. Okay, that's, that's good. Yeah, so you can do both and, um... No, I can't leave poetry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, never. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> so do you find it helpful that you're studying both at the same time? Like, do they, like, they do work together to a certain extent? They do. I I think I feel much more comfortable in poetry. I always thought that would be the first thing I would write if I just sat down in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was going into this semester of fiction, I was quite confident in myself that I would be able to write some poems as well. Um, yeah. But that, that has not happened. I, I only have time right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, they, I think they are much more in, in dialogue than than I think when I'm just writing in one mm-hmm. or the other. But, yeah, I haven't... I haven't thought about poetry in in quite a few months which feels strange but I'm still reading it I love yeah in other yeah genres yeah yeah that makes sense yeah it's hard to focus on on both definitely when you're like being immersed in in one yeah um oh where do you so you're reading a lot um is there anything else that you you like to do um to help your creative process like not necessarily writing-wise. Yeah, mostly, I think, getting outside has been the main thing, especially during the pandemic. And we live in the West End, so we're really lucky. We're so close um, to Stanley Park and Mm -hmm. to the Seawall. So we go for lots of long walks. Um, I think that's been the main thing. We're also, uh, we're watching The (laughs) X-Files right now. Um, we usually kind of get into one yeah. TV show. I feel like I can't have too many <laughs> narratives going on. <laughs> I love that. Time. That's great. And and your process is is like you usually write in the morning. And um, do you write all day or do you take lots of breaks? Well, because because I'm working. Um, oh yes. I yeah. so I'm working about thirty two hours at the bookstore, and then I have to commit between 20 and 25 hours for for um, school so oh my gosh (laughs) you have no time (laughs) yeah so normally I would say that I I write I think I write best in the mornings um if I just get up and I don't read anything or or do anything I just sit down and write um yeah but because of I yeah I tend to get up and work early in the morning and then um, go to work and then sometimes work in the evenings but I tend to do maybe more like the essay uh-huh. um, in the evenings things where I don't have to think as 
as creatively. Right, yeah. Um, and then on my days off, I just try to get as many hours of writing done as possible. So just up early in the morning. Oh, wow. You're working right, so right, hard. Right <laughs> yeah. Vancouver now and I'm curious like something I noticed in your in your poetry collection was um like the very personal relationships to like cities and like I really got that sense like with Prague and um do you find like Vancouver seeping into your writing or how does that compare to Prague? I don't find Vancouver coming into my writing as much Mm -hmm. as as Prague did. Um, maybe because it's more familiar, but I think, yeah, so many of the things that, that I really loved in Prague were sort of the history and the yeah. architecture, and it has such a long, rich, amazing um, yes, for sure. history there. And, and even all of the different sort of folk tales that they have there would often surface. Mm-hmm. So I don't, yeah, I don't find the same connection to Vancouver, even though I've lived here for, I guess, five years um, in total. Right, yeah. But I think the Okanagan probably features more in the stories that I've been writing uh-huh. right now. I'm not really sure why that <laughs> is exactly. I couldn't, yeah. Couldn't yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it, Vancouver is an interesting city, like... I don't I, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like because it's one type of weather all the time, like it it's like kind of just fades into the background. <laughs> like I don't know if you feel that way. No, I do. We've actually spent quite a bit of time talking about about Vancouver as a city and trying to figure out what it's what the essence of the city yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, what what compels I know it is a strange city because it's a fairly new city like there isn't much well like set settler history I mean the indigenous history is 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 very interesting mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's it's weird like it's kind of yeah they're like it's kind of like a tech city which maybe is why I I can't really find a meaningful like artistic <laughs> connection or something but I know <laughs> I know yeah we've been thinking that that way too it is it is new yeah in the settler history and and also I mean I think it's so much about the, the outdoor lifestyle yeah too. that's it's true not just a, like a business city but but arts-wise yeah there is something something we can't put our finger on yeah yeah, that's true, though. Like, it's very close to nature, and, um, yeah, that's a huge benefit of it, that you could just, on the weekend, like, be in a forest, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or on the water. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm curious about letter writing. So I know we both enjoy that practice. And mm-hmm. like, I, I find it is kind of similar to poetry, but it's also a nice departure from creative writing almost. Like you're really just addressing someone, but it is sort of an art form too, I think. Like, when did you start writing letters? I think I've, I've always really loved writing letters. Um, and I'm not sure why, but I do think, I think you're right. There's, I have a totally different voice that mm-hmm. I write my letters in. It's not the same as the voice that I would just send someone a, an email or a message. No, yeah, yeah. And, and it is a lot more aligned with how I would write fiction or poetry, I think. Yes. Um, and maybe that's why some people make the case for for handwriting um, as writers, too, because yeah. your brain does work differently, I think, when you write by hand. I'm just way too impatient uh, to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially yeah. for fiction, like, it just, um, yeah, that's hard to do just all by hand. It is. But I find also, like, our um, our mutual friend Carson gave me his typewriter for a few months while he was up um, planning. Oh, things. yes. Yeah. <laughs> And that was such a, a different experience, too, from from handwriting a letter. And mm-hmm. I think the voice changed for me in those um, mm-hmm. typed letters as well. And it's such a slow, slow, but also very satisfying process yes. to write on a typewriter. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that. Um, yeah, that typewriters give you, like, this soul purpose like there's nothing else you can do with it but right um and that's just like I I love that about it and it's just like you bring out the typewriter and you can like the only thing you're gonna do with it is is write (laughs) so yeah yeah I think letter writing is this really is it really beautiful because it's like an exchange of of like physical material which I find is very rare it's true, and it's one of the few times now that we write something and send it off and don't either get it back or have any copy of it. Oh, yes, that is so <laughs> true. Is so strange. Like, I don't remember what I wrote you when you were living in Japan, but I know I wrote letters. I know. About my life. Yes, yes. And it's also like this leap of faith because, like, things happen, like, your letter might not get delivered you know what I mean and that's just so strangely beautiful like you're sending something out but like the person may never read it (laughs) I know it passes through so many hands yes yeah 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 actually I just found um a little polaroid that you sent me oh when I was living in Prague it's a little picture of your um your cactus (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, see, I forgot I even uh, I did that. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and there's such a strong memory attached to it. Like I remember where I was when I was opening your letter. Um, yeah. In the and I think you get that from letter writing. Yeah. Objects. Like same as when I have such a strong memory of where I was when I read certain books. Mm-hmm. Whereas. When I think about something that I've read on a Kobo or read online, I don't have that same yeah. sort of spatial memory. Huh, that's such an 
interesting um, distinction. Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. Yeah, so there's a case for, yeah, just reading books in print, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, like, during COVID, like, I haven't been able to really go to any bookstores. Well, I guess you're working in one, so so that's an, a benefit. <laughs> I know so many people say that, though, when they come in, um, because the bookstore was closed for oh. a few months, and then the, the libraries were closed, and and we, I guess they offered curbside delivery, so you could still order books and pick them up, but a lot of people comment on how nice it is to be able to come into the store. There's something yeah. very, I don't know, like nourishing to come it is. into the bookstore yeah. time around books and looking through books yeah like I would spend my whole Sundays like in bookstores if I could (laughs) I know (laughs) yeah well you're spending the whole week (laughs) 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 um well is there anything else that you want to share about like your creative process or um anything that you've been working on um I think Yeah, I've heard that same advice where, like, you shouldn't read stuff while you're writing because it will, like, mm-hmm. muddy your own voice or something. But, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Like, if I haven't read something um, in a while, I feel like I don't even know how to write anymore. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. I don't think I could write. Yeah. <laughs> I very well if I wasn't reading. Yeah, and, like, the same for, like... Um, really good movies or or like other art yeah I find the strangest things like will inspire me yeah totally no that's true that is something I miss I I was excited to go to art galleries in Vancouver to have that other oh yeah inspiration for for writing yeah I guess they must be closed now I guess yeah that's too bad yeah (laughs) yeah well, thank you so much for, for joining me. Where can people find you online? Oh, um, <laughs> I, have, I do have a website. Um, it's alisonbraid.com. Okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah, you can find me online. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, this has been so nice. Like, I, I, yeah, really nice hearing from you. And, yeah, I hope everything goes well with your MFA and, um, yeah, hopefully soon COVID will be over and, yeah, we can yeah. see each other. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for having me. I love this, love this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, have a great weekend and, um, yeah, best of luck with everything. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. I really enjoyed talking to Allison about her writing and creative process I found the idea of interiority to be helpful when thinking about which books or poems I'm personally drawn to. 
Our interior lives are so rich and engrossing. Can we utilize art as an outlet for our inner thoughts? Especially now, when our lives are literally transpiring indoors, in quarantine. It's a nice thought. Let me know what you think. I've started an Instagram, at creativitycallspod, and I welcome you to comment or follow along as I post about new episodes. I'm your host, Morme Zanki, and this podcast was produced by myself in my bedroom somewhere in suburbia. Thanks for listening. I hope you're staying inspired and safe in your corner of the world.